Welcome to my podcast with me, Dr. Kate Bartram-Brown, interviewing successful people that I know personally that all have something in common. Yes, they all use magic, the hidden sciences and the mystery school lineage to create success in the modern world. And we are live and as true to form, I've been busy chit-chatting, so we're a little bit late, but excuse me for that. But we have a very, very special guest today. And as you know, these interviews are all about me interviewing people that I know. And yes, I wanted to share it with you all. And yes, today is very special because we have one of the three lineage holders of the Modern Mystery School sharing his knowledge on administration and how that leads to success and ultimately being a brilliant magician in your life. I think we all need a bit of that, don't we? So first, let me give you a little bit of background. As well as being a lineage holder, and Epsismus in the Modern Mystery School, our special guest is also a very successful businessman, worked in the corporate world as a successful CEO and knows how to use magic in the world we live in. He's also a world-class accomplished martial arts instructor of many styles. He's been helping, teaching, coaching and motivating people for many decades. Uh, and I know he doesn't like me doing these big intros, so I better stop. <laughs> uh, Hey everyone! Oh my God! Yeah, you're embarrassing me. Oh, oh, hold on, I gotta cool down. Huh? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry, but some people on here are going to be—they're going to understand what all that means from a mystery school perspective, and then other people are not going to. So I had to do the whole thing, and there's lots more, by the way, and I missed quite a lot of it off. So, um, you know, to I, there's so much that you've accomplished in your life. And hopefully we're going to get, um, you know, lots of amazing insights into, uh, you know, just how successful we can be uh, in our lives as well. So let me just jump straight into questions, if that's OK. Yes, ma'am. OK, now we've had lots of questions, as you can imagine. Um, but I filtered out some of the questions that I feel most, you know, most of us wanted to, to know. And we're here to talk about administration and we're here to talk about how that, um, you know, creates success in our life. So I'd like to ask, why is it important that we have an administration and structure in our spiritual business? Because if we've got angels and guides, can't they just take care of it? Can't we just, you know, just ask them or think about it or do some a cosmic ordering? Because that's what I hear a lot in the in the spiritual communities could you could you share a bit about that oh i wish i wish it's just like uh Mikael, can you uh handle the bouncing my checkbook for me and, and make those mortgage payments over there would you thanks appreciate that um yeah you know i have um you know the first of all the word spiritual is is it's double-edged for me because i find that um it denotes a kind of person in our society. And for me, spiritual is someone who is investigating uh, and how far they've gone is dependent on the person, investigating uh, what it is that's that's beyond the physical. And so I look at spiritual as people, they could be studying a religion, a, a way of being, a path. I mean, whatever it is, we use a path. People all have their own different ways. Um, but 
to me, there isn't a person on earth who isn't spiritual to some degree. We're all trying to figure out why, wherefore, how, what's it all mean. Some of us have are fatalists and we just sort of give it all up. It's all means nothing. It's all, you know, it, it's all just, uh, it's just going to happen. Uh, some of us believe we have the ability to influence those events. Um, and here's the thing. Um, as you mentioned, I've run a bunch of businesses in my life. So when I came to uh, really starting to explore more deeply spirituality, I brought a very, if you want to say a pragmatic way of looking at it. I, I did not like um, concepts that meant nothing that could not be ground into something into your life. They couldn't be grounded into it. You couldn't use them. Uh, if I did not see results or what we call fruits and hermetics, it meant nothing to me. Um, now, I, I'm going to talk a little bit metaphysically. When you take administration and you say, well, how's that tie in administration? Administration is about grounding that energy. So all of those high fluting concepts, and, and I'm sure people, we could have conversations and people would agree and disagree with me about what spirituality is and what angels are. And there isn't angels, whether they're beings, whether they're balls of light, blah, 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 blah. doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yes, that's great. If it serves you, please do it. But what matters is that none of that will make a difference to you or to another person you want to prevent, potentially provide assistance to if they can't ground it. Mm. So administration is about conducting that light into a place where it would not be normally and allowing it to have a consistent flow to that place so that potential can come from it. Uh, in other words, we built pipes to use for plumbing and move water around because just letting water sit in the ocean or in the lake or wherever, uh, it's not good enough. We we wouldn't have a, a world that we live in if we all had to go down to the water by the river and collect it and bring it in every day. No, we decided that it was better that to have a consistent fluid supply that you could rely on, where when you open your tap, the water comes out, this is hot, this is cold. We, we as society said, that's a smarter way of living. And it allows us to then do better things than fight for our water and finding water every day. So administration is really about conducting that flow. And if I were to use the term failure, which I know some of you won't like, but let's just say you're not doing as well for yourself or others uh, in terms of working with spirituality, in terms of helping people see a brighter day, a, a greater potential of themselves in the world, almost always it's coming from the lack of administration of the light in that process. Now, you asked a great question, Kate, because you said, isn't there angels or spirit guides? Why uh, doesn't that just work? And it's like, yeah, the very question is framed on the fact that uh, if we believe in a universal all, a God for some, uh, whatever label you want to stick on the universal all, you just say the universe, the collective consciousness, whatever your label is for the great bigger thing, there is a structure <laughs> within it. We say angels because we don't just say God and you. We say God and other beings. We say higher consciousness and other things. Some people even say my higher self. That shows that there is a conduit. There is a structure required, not random, required, set in place for energy to come through, for things to come through. And why someone would think that once it arrives at you, it stops doing that 
it's weird or why it arrives at you, but you're not part of it. That's also a very, for me, as an obsessionist, a very unusual and, uh, you know, forgive me, those of you live, incorrect way of, of thinking. It isn't proper. If you are the receiver of the light, are you not a link in the chain meant to move that light on? Well, but above you, that light that came through came through a structure. Why would you think that you then no longer belong to the structure or have any button pushing word for all of you responsibility in that structure? And what I see that carries that that emanates within the spiritual world so much where so many good people could be doing better and helping, you know, really ultimately helping more people is, is the greatest good we can do where I see people you know, misdirecting or failing the greatest is they don't take the responsibility on of maintaining that light. Uh, and so what does that mean? Um, there's kind of this fatalistic thought in a lot of new age where if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And what that means is like, God's got control of everything and you are basically nobody. You are just a recipient of everything. And in traditions of the mystery school and the traditions of any of the great mystery schools that have been on this planet, that doesn't work that way. You are meant as you gain wisdom and authority in the light and understanding of it. In other words, you have more compre comprehension and ability to work with the light that you're responsible to progress that light, to keep it moving to others, to do what someone or something did for you. If you want to look at it like an angel, then be an angel for a human being. If you want to look at it like just being an, another really good person, be another good person. But you have responsibility to hold that potential, not for what they do with it. That's, the, that's up to them. But to hold the potential for the person to become greater. And when there isn't administration of that, when there isn't like literal understanding flow, things that you write down, things that you check up on, things that you look into, dates you put on the count. I mean, administration, like true administration of the light, then the potential dies. And you as a recipient are uh, no longer passing that potential on and you're no longer holding the potential for others, including yourself, because holding it for others is holding it for the self. You are um, abdicating and um, that kind of emanates in so much of what society is about nowadays is what can you do for me? And ultimately, in the, in, in the potential of the mystery school, there is a selfishness in what someone does in the lineage. Because to serve yourself, you must serve another. And so it's very selfish. And I say I'm a very selfish person because for me to become greater, I have to help other people. I cannot sit on my couch forgive me for those of you who get your buttons pushed by this if you're really deep in the new age meditate and make the world a better place i cannot sit on my couch and meditate and i know some of you're like oh no there, there's studies that prove that isn't true okay let me amend it yes you can make it this much better but i want you to put it in practical terms a man is starving on the street and he needs food you don't sit on your couch and meditate about it and hope he gets food you, if you want to make a difference, make him a sandwich and bring it to him. You take action. You take responsibility for the power and authority you have to do a good deed, and you act upon it. And if you maintain that power and authority, and you take responsibility for your own power and authority in the light, the fact that you're part of this chain of administration, you can perform miracles. 
And I see the greatest failure is people that don't don't take the responsibility on. They want, um, and it's very teenagerous in, in terms of development. We would say, are you a spiritual child, a spiritual teenager, a spiritual adult? A spiritual teenager wants all the benefit, but none of the responsibility. Sound familiar? Those of you who have teenagers, a spiritual child doesn't know any of these things. They just live within the field, so they're they're you know innocent. But a spiritual adult says, "I have received good. I have authority and power to do good. I have light. I have a way of doing something that can help people." And therefore, because I have been the recipient of such a fruit, whether I had to work super hard to have it or whether it was handed to me, whatever way you look at how you got that fruit of light, how you, it is then within the chain of the all, within the chain of the hierarchy of light, within the chain of how any light flows, whatever your system is in your head, it is your responsibility to carry that light and hold it for another until they receive and move it along themselves. And you continue to hand out the benefits of the light. And that's what administration is. And whenever, to help understand, whenever you move away from the responsibility of holding the potential, not the result, the result's up to the person, the potential, you're failing in administration. Does that, um, does that kind of answer it? Or? <laughs> really does and, and and i really love that and i think in in this world it's like you say there, there is that lack of um understanding of responsibility and what that actually means because you know i talk to a lot of indigos and i often hear them you know saying they just want to be free and they <laughs> want to do any you know they don't want to listen to authority they, sh they they don't want to be restricted by all of these rules and systems and they feel choked by it but you know, so they feel like they're inhibited by, um, you know, a structure. But you're saying that actually a structure is 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 the way that we grow, and then we allow others grow. So, how come you know for the indigos out there, how can we help them, you know, understand this a little bit more? Okay. Oh boy. Um, so first, indigos, I love you. Although what I'm going to say might sound like I don't love you. I actually do love you. Indigos are awesome, but indigos have made a, a very, um, because they're human, we're all human, they made a, a huge mistake. And their original purpose of coming down here was to create unity in the earth. But if you take a look around, mission not so good right now. Right now it's the exact opposite because they were meant to unify through tribes. And what they did, instead of unifying through tribes, once they got in a field where there was a potential for negativity, they created tribalism. And that means my tribe, not your tribe, and my, your, your tribe is my enemy. Now, can they turn it around? Yes, it's, it's possible that'll get turned around. But right now, it's not looking so good for the planet. There's just too much segregation and division and, um, and division over hatred. My tribe's better than yours. My tribe's right. Your tribe's wrong kind of thing. So indigos came in with high potential, um, but that potential right now is being realized in the dark and not in the light, unfortunately. It's being realized in the negative and not the positive. That being said, a lot of indigos do feel exactly how you say. They, they feel they don't want to be restricted. They want freedom. And, and honestly, that's, that's great. That all, I mean, that benefits all humanity. We, we have been too, too indoctrinated you know, uh, there's only one way to do things and things like that. And, um, 
yeah, we, we need to start to think that there might be other potentials. Here's the problem. Uh, there's no farmer on earth that'll tell you they're going to grow the best uh, crops in the world to feed people by random chaos, by not having a structure. I want you to go to a farmer and say, I'll tell you what, let's just grab sacks of beans and seeds, mix them all together, toss them in the field, let God sort it out because I don't want to get up at six in the morning and tend the farm and I don't want to take care of the animals and I don't want to do the watering and I don't want to be responsible for fertilizing and it'll just all work out. And, um, wow, I'm, you know, Kate, I'm being good right now. I am. I'm trying to be good. And every one of you RM initiates who are listening to me, you're thinking he's right on the edge and he is, and he's trying to be good. He's trying not to just open up and say, don't be an idiot. Um, but don't be an idiot. Sorry. <laughs> the package that comes in. Um, that's, that's foolish thinking. That's that's avoidance again of responsibility, and it's and it's very big because it's an avoidance of something that is absolutely essential to anything you want to do in this earth, and that is judge ye by your fruits. Mm. What does that mean? Judge a person by the good or the bad of what they've done. You will see by their fruits. If they are generating light, you will see people being helped. Doesn't mean everyone will be helped all the time, but you'll see a, a consistency starting to bubble up of, of people being helped. Um, if you see, if someone says they're super good and you look at the fruits and all you see is lots of bad things and lots of poison and lots of negativity, then you know the fruits aren't good. Mm -hmm. So as an indigo, you got to step up and have responsibility for your fruits. It's, it's the essential difference of, of one of the big sort of social norms that has to be looked at, and that is entitlement versus responsibility. So I'm going to diverse a little bit to push people's buttons, Kate, and I know you're just going to love because you're going to throw bricks at me, but <laughs> it is my job. It is my job. One of the biggest problems we have that's related to this that goes to some of the indigo stuff and also to some of the elders, those prior to indigo who are like myself, who are, didn't, uh, didn't treat the world so well and those other people in it, is um, identity politics. And you see a lot of that today. You see a lot of separation of groups. And the biggest problem with identity politics is that you can't do much about it uh, you can try to socially engineer it. I understand that, you know, kind of like uh, socially push something. Um, but you can't do, really do anything in the light um, on a grounded level because responsibility um, lies with an individual, not a group. So you have power as an individual first, and that power is directly linked to the amount of responsibility one is willing to take on. In other words, nobody is going to care what we should do for homeless people if you aren't doing anything for homeless people. And in terms of the mystery school, we call that an opinion. So you have a bunch of thoughts, feelings, and concepts, and maybe ideas, but you take no action to make to put any energy into it. You just sit around, maybe kibitz with your friends, you uh, post stuff on Twitter, but nothing changes because you're actually not doing anything. You know, it's kind of this concept of, of uh, social activism. Mm, yeah. uh, but that doesn't do anything. If, if you're upset, like, 
for example, my wife and I and the people at the admin office, we uh, support a, a very large battered women's shelter and uh, underprivileged youth uh, charity here in the Toronto area in Canada. Um, and that's always bothered me. You know, my mom, my mom is an original, uh, you know, 60s, you know, bra burning, the, the original feminist, uh, the, not the current one, the original style of feminist. Where uh, and she taught us, you know, three boys and, and and a daughter, gentlemen, you will be gentlemen. You will hold the door because that is respectful for a woman. That isn't demeaning to a woman. You'll hold the door. You'll help her when she wants something, and you'll be a gentleman. And that a woman is to be a gentlewoman and to be to show uh, kindness and support. And the, both sides are meant to come together and and be that way. And in this, we take responsibility for who we are in this world, and that responsibility gives us power. So. I want to help youth, you know, particularly these underprivileged kids. So we started doing charity work. So my voice can be heard because I'm somebody to that work. And that's true of anything, guys. You listen to Elon Musk because he knows about electric cars and space stuff. So he has a voice because he took on responsibility. Yes, the responsibility led to money and all that stuff. And that may or may not happen. It depends on what you're looking at. But it's responsibility over something. It's stepping in and saying, the buck stops here. I will take the response. I will be in charge of cleaning the room. I will be in charge of making dinner tonight. I will be in charge of whatever, running the business, taking the finances, making sure whatever it is. That gives you power. And the biggest misconception with Indigos is they think they're entitled to power. Not all of them. Forgive me. I don't mean all of you. The vast majority that I've run into in many ways think that they are entitled to power without having accepted the responsibility. It's kind of like that. Uh, and those of you who are older, like me, you you would probably encountered this where, you know, you got a college kid telling you about the way the tax system is broken. And you kind of look at them and say, what have you paid into the tax system? Like, what have you contributed? And on that note, just so I can push some more buttons, Kate, so you can really you're going to have to find more love in your heart. Some you and Robin. Um, on that note, uh, we need to remember that one of the reasons why we're having so many problems with democracy in the world, you say, well, why is you know, there all this stress in democracy? Is because there's a lot of people with a lot of voices who've done nothing to contribute to the betterment of a society. So, you know, in reality, in terms of the mystery school teachings, we would tell our ritual masters, speak only of that which you are an expert of and ask questions of the things that you aren't. So you're always an expert about your personal life, your personal feelings, but are you an expert on how to deal with finance, economics, build a business? There's nothing worse than having a person come up to you and tell you how to do those things and they've never done it themselves. No fruit, no result. You have to stand behind your result. So uh, for Indigos, uh, I'll leave you one other thing about structure. The place you come from was highly structured and you liked it. And I'll tell you why. Because with proper structure, with proper administration of something, it provides you, it makes everything happen in an expedient, quick way that you have to deal with something. And it gives you back your time to use in the way you want. So Indigos want to have more free time. Here's the thing, guys, for all of you. If you want more free time, then you've got to build a better structure. 
when you go, if you know I stand in line, I fill this piece of paper up, I go there, it gets stamped, I'm done. And you know that's the process. That is much better than showing up and people go, how? and then you got to figure out how it all works. And I don't know. I think you got, we're not sure. You go over there, go upstairs, come down. That wastes time and energy. Proper structure, not bad structure, proper administrative structure creates freedom. It allows you to have more time to do the things that you want to do. So Indigo's. Adopt some really good structure and you'll have way more free time. It's not the other way around. Chaos doesn't make free time. Chaos takes away time. Structure creates more free time. Is that, that good, Ms. That, Kate? Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that because, um, you know, we, we can really get confused, can't we, with, um, you know, what freedom really is. And yes how that comes along so that that was very clear and I and I love that and that's another um, wonderful thing about administration that I've learned from you is clarity always brings clarity you know so you're always clear on what it is that you want um I have one question I know we're going to be running out of time uh, soon but we had this question and and you know it's interesting when we um look back in our history maybe the history that we have been told in schools and such like, um, that magicians or high initiates were all poor. They were walking around in robes, begging for food or, you know, or whatever it is. But we know, you know, obviously Solomon was a king, Buddha was a prince. So why do we have this, um, this misconception about, in, in the spiritual community that, you know, if we have money, then, then we're, we're not spiritual or, or, or we shouldn't charge money or money is it doesn't match well with, you know, magic and such like. Could you try and clear that up for us? Yes. <laughs> um, first of all, money is important and essential. And I personally love money. And one of the things I teach about wealth is get to be friends with money, don't have any negative connotation towards it. Uh, money allows us to influence the world. So, uh, and we all know this because if you look at, at acts of evil, it's the rich people that had the power and, and had the intent to do wrong that ma made it happen because they were rich. We often equate money and power are often very much one and the same thing on this planet. And the problem is that it's not, the problem has never been money. And any real magician, any real high magician, including Solomon and many others, already knew this. You know, um, yeah, why not, Kate? Let's just keep on rolling. Let's just see how many people I can push buttons for. Jesus Christ wasn't poor, guys. That's a lie that you've been told. And I know that's going to push a lot of your buttons, and some of you might be very uh, religious towards Jesus. But one day, if you ever want to know more about it, we can always talk about it. But Jesus actually was wealthy, uh, was very wealthy. And he was wealthy because people basically supported him in what he was doing, of course. Um, but that wouldn't look too good. So they sort of rewrote him as a poor guy. Um, but any high magician, man, woman's, whatever label you want to stick on, of course, you control, you're able to control the elements and work with the elements, which means one of the aspects of high magic is wealth. It comes naturally to the magician to be wealthy. Why? Because the magician wants to influence the world for the positive. And therefore, I can do a lot more acts of direct physical good 
helping battered women, uh, helping uh, abused children because I have cash. Now, I could be like a new ager and sit my ass, forgive me, on the couch all day if that's what it is, or meditate or, or breathe through my chakras till the end of freaking kingdom come. But that won't actually solve homelessness, starvation, or any other number of problems. The biggest problem in the world is not money. It's that it's the money, it's that the good people need the money. It's not, it's that's what's needed. I want every what you call light worker on this planet to be as wealthy as possible. You should be. Why? Because if you're a person of a good heart, you would never walk by a starving man, woman, or child and say that's okay in your life. You would never walk through a city and look at someone who's suffering, whether it's because of mental illness or just bad luck or anything, and say, I have lots of money, that's okay. Because it isn't okay. Wealth matters, guys. And if you are truly a person of the light, then you shouldn't be afraid of money. You should be embracing it. Even if you don't want money to exist as a system, well, I'm really going to shove some more buttons, you're already going to fail. There will always be a structural hierarchy of the things you value. So it's tied to money. Give me a moment, Kate. Um, okay. Everything in, 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 okay, let's imagine a world without money. Um, okay, poof, it's gone. So what would be valuable? Uh, food, oxygen. We go down the list of all our needs, clean water. And whoever has those things will be the richest person on the planet. No matter what you think it is, whoever has more of the thing that you call valuable, they are the top of the hierarchy of it. So hierarchies are not a bad thing. They serve us. And money is not a bad thing. Corruption has gotten into money, of course, because you live on this planet and that's what happens. But we can clean that up and straighten it up. And people are like, oh, Bitcoin, this. Guys, it doesn't matter what you bring in. You have to work with the human heart and their intention first because they're the ones controlling all of it. It doesn't matter if you say Bitcoin's the solution. Okay, so what? And a bunch of bad guys with bad intent will control Bitcoin and they'll do bad things. It doesn't matter if you get rid of money and it's the guy who has the most cows or it's the guy that has the, the biggest nuclear plant. Whatever the hell it is, it's going to be the person that has the most of whatever it is that you want. And even in non-monetary systems, let's say you're a musician and you say, well, I hate hierarchies. We should all be treated equally. But that piano player... She is awesome. She's the best. And right away, you install her as the top of your hierarchy of what you consider valuable. There are always hierarchies. There is always value in those hierarchies. We all understand what money is. But uh, the point of it is, is not to be afraid of it, but to embrace it and bring it in. Now, for me to explain more detail, you'd have to do like a wealth building class because it's not just it's not just meditate and it's not just do good acts. I will tell you this one thing that might help you and it's very counterintuitive. Uh, give money to good acts. Take that money and use it for a good act. And I don't just mean charity. A good act can be for yourself too. You know, if you really want that thing and it's going to make you feel good in your heart, do it. But Try to use your money with purpose, a purpose that serves growth, 
That's usually the first step. So instead of saying, oh, I want a pack of smokes. Oh, I got to drive another beer. Oh, I need to eat another dinner out, uh, which is a little hard in lockdown, but, you know. Um, and those things you might enjoy, and I'm saying go ahead and enjoy them. But also, where's the money going that's helping you to become a better person, a stronger person, a wiser person, a healthier person? That's good investment. The best investment for all of us is ourselves. We are the number one because no matter what happens, it's always with you. Um, I'll leave you with the last thing for money. Um, just remember, there is nothing the rich man can do that the poor man can. But there's a whole lot the poor man can't do that the rich man can. That's why money is important, guys. Cool. We good? Thank you so much. Even Sherlock thinks it's amazing because he's just started barking like crazy. So that's it. <laughs> he agrees. Sherlock is the second best dog in the world, so I'll give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> Only to Coco. She's, she's the best. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so much for today. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And hopefully, maybe one day soon, we might be able to get you back on again. Because I know this is a very, very rare occurrence. So thanks so much. Yes, yes uh, no problem. My my pleasure. I hope it. Uh, I hope you all found some good in it. And for those of you who, if um, if I bugged you a little bit, um, I'm gonna say good. There's nothing wrong with being forced to reconsider and contemplate um, preconceived notions. So uh, keep your mind open and always be willing to listen to anyone that might offer you. They don't have to be right, but they might offer you a different perspective. And there's nothing wrong with listening to that and keeping your mind available for other potentials. Cool? Amazing. Thank you so much. Goodbye, Bye, everyone. Take Bye. care.